0: On this episode of Road Creators, talking about what, Lauren?
1: We're talking about creatives at work, best practices for a professional creative.
0: Ooh, this is for you. Let's do this.
1: Three, two, one, zero, off. We have a liftoff.
0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Rogue Creators. My name is Brian Fitton. I'm here with my awesome co-host, Lauren Lewis. Hey. We are chatting about creatives in the workplace today and specifically, creatives go to work.
1: Yes, we're going to be talking about <laughs> best practices for professional creatives, how to remain creative in a professional space.
0: Absolutely. we talk about pillars a lot on this podcast. This one kind of flows into the business side and how to be a healthy creative, how to make sure that you're Doing things the right way, but also working with people who are not necessarily full-on flighty creatives like myself. And how do you manage those people, right, Lauren? Correct. <laughs> it's going to be a good one. I'm really excited. Um, but before we do that, we like to start off with something fun. What's that?
1: Each week, we like to start off with what are you obsessed with this week? So, Brian, what are you obsessed with?
0: My lawnmower. Awesome. Here's the deal. A couple couple months back, we talked about this. I was talking about like going like full dad mm-hmm. mode, right? And uh, part of that was that. But then you know, I was like, you know what? After that episode, I thought about it. I'm like, I'm going to go even farther. I'm going to buy a lawnmower. And I've just never been a guy, maybe somebody out there. I'm just not like a manly man. Okay. Okay. So I don't like fix a lot of things. I can fix certain things. I'm not very handy lawnmowers weed eaters all that That's just not something i'm like i don't want to you know change out carburetors and doing all that it's just not fun so i have moved completely to battery powered and uh yeah my new lawnmower is like fully battery operational and i went full like ecosystem greenworks big shout out to greenworks created an awesome product so now like my weed eater and also my blower like uh and then my lawnmower all are battery operated with the same battery that's awesome it's amazing it's so easy And it's like dual batteries, so Mm -hmm. that way I can burn through two of them and I can get all my yard mode without having to worry about it. And, you know, we need to do all the things. So, man, ecosystems are nice. If you're a company out there creating products, just make it all work together. So nice. Maybe this is a question for not on the podcast, but uh, as someone thinking about getting a battery-powered mower, (laughs) is the battery life on it good? Like, can you get through your whole yard? Yeah. Yeah. So this one has the two. So it's like you can get the four-amp the two amp one, and it's like dual, so it switches automatically to the other battery. And I got the 20 inch blade on my, you know, lawn mower. And uh, it's awesome. I'm really excited about it. Really excited about it. Super quick time mowing the yard. And I don't have to worry about gas or mixing for my weed eater. So there's got to be somebody out there that feels my pain with this. It's just so much easier. I enjoy mowing now. That's awesome. I never liked mowing. And it's like, it's all right. Anyway, this is a really long session. I'm so sorry. Lauren, what are you obsessed with this week?
1: I am obsessed with uh, Trader Joe's. Um, Oh, nice. I love going to Trader Joe's. We don't actually have one locally. Um, We are located in Bentonville, Arkansas. And so word on the street Mm. is we might get one, but we are also the home of Walmart. And so (laughs) we've always wondered if Walmart has kind of blocked Trader Joe's from being here, which for understandable reasons, but. Hopefully they will be here, but I love going to Trader Joe's because I am a working mom and I enjoy the freezer section of Trader Joe's immensely. They have really high quality freezer meals that are really fast, but they're really good because most of the time the ones uh, within Walmart or Target, they're just, I mean, they're just not good. Yeah. And so yeah. i really enjoy Trader Joe's having high quality products that are still really affordable for fast meals. And so shout out to Trader Joe's. You guys have helped a lot of moms out.
0: That orange chicken is it's good. Is yeah, it really is. Love it. Um, all right. So let's jump into our episode today uh, about creatives. So um, kind of explain a little bit about what this episode is going to be, Lauren, and where we're going with it.
1: Yeah. So um, best practices for a professional creative is basically how to be a creative within your business or how to work with a creative. Um, so kind of going over um, how that can be structured within a business so that you can um, support creatives or be that creative yourself yeah. <laughs> that understands how to work with others. Um, but also understanding um, needing discipline time for creativity um, and how to be a healthy creative. Um, Cause I think we all have a lot of the stereotypes of an unhealthy creative. Um, and so we really want um, here at go rogue X, we have a huge team of, well not huge, but like a large team of creatives. And so we talk about this quite often. So we really want to talk about it on the podcast uh, for those of you listening that are rogue creators. Yeah, <laughs> um, of how to be a healthy creative and how to relate to others.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, sorry, just being a creative in general, like it is, it's so vital to have people in your life who can help steer you. Because again, I have 20 ideas every time I wake up in the morning. Like I'm just, I'm just like cranking through all this stuff. I'm wanting to do everything, do all the stuff. And there's a lot of times it's not healthy. Right. And uh, so I know that there are a lot of like solo, and especially our marketers who are creating content, who are doing cool things. A lot of times you don't have that community of people. Like you're just trying out ideas, and it may be a boss who's saying, "Hey, no, we don't need to do that. No, we what's ROI on all these things that you're wanting to do?" And so we're trying to be here as a community for you as a solo creator. Um, and so we're trying to help you in the in the workplace be able to do all the things that you want to do that will be productive and not just time wasting and time money wasting as well. And so anyway, yeah, sure.
1: So kind of first is when we're talking about best practices for a professional creative is that you need more than creatives on a creative team. I think we often um, can be fall fall into the category of we all need to be the same. Mm -hmm. And that's not very true at all. (laughs) Um, And a lot of times that only causes further clash of having so many creatives in a room and no one to help kind of, put their ideas into motion. Um, And so we definitely believe that here at Go Rogue X, like we try to have a nice balance of those that have more of an analytical mindset to those that have a creative mindset or even just a blend of that. Because I I actually believe that everyone has creativity within them and can be a creative themselves. But then you also have the overarching that like my whole job is a creative aspect.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think even even as somebody who's, making things, building things, creating things, um, you can kind of get in that mindset of, of feeling very alone in that sense. Mm-hmm. And so, again, having somebody that can kind of help d- guide you and direct you uh, in your creative process is a, just a really good thought.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when we talk about for each creative idea that you have, um, whether you're working with someone who is a creative or you are the creative themselves, understanding that you need to be able to actually execute that idea have a timeline and have realistic expectations for that. Um, We talk a lot about, um, we have a lot of brainstorm sessions around here about great ideas. And the thing is, is that if nothing's written down, if nothing's executed, really that time was really wasted. It's just putting those ideas out into the air and then they drop and then then nothing happens.
0: Yeah, no, (laughs) that's a big problem around here. Especially myself, who's a verbal processor when it comes to ideas and stuff. I'm not good at outlining all of that, putting that into an email, um, that's why Marco Polo. We've talked about that app before. Like that's always a good thing for me to be able to, like verbalize what I'm trying to think and or what I'm trying to uh, communicate. And with with this, you're right. If there's no direction with it, like all those ideas fall flat. Yeah. So we need somebody to actually document that. Say, hey, what's the plan that we're going to put in place to make this happen? Or I think m- between you and I, right, being able to say here is here is the big idea. We cannot get to this idea for the next four months and that's when we're going to implement it and are you still going to be as excited about this idea four months from now?
1: Yes, absolutely. And I think also, you know, we're definitely not saying that if you are a creative, you need to be partnered with some stiff analytical <laughs> accountant type. That's yeah. not really what we're talking about. It's more, um, uh, we have found that a lot of creatives thrive in understanding that it helps to be partnered with someone who can think of more in that to-do list style and we We practice around in the business standpoint, more of an EOS system. So Brian is very much the visionary and I'm very much the integrator. And so someone who can integrate your ideas um, just to make sure that those things actually happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it might be you. Honestly, you might have to have the discipline to be able to say, hey, here's the big idea. I have a a team and say that friends around me that I can bounce ideas off Mm -hmm. of before I actually and then putting them into place. Because, again, those 20 ideas, maybe two of those are actually something that can be that are a reality.
1: Right. And if it's just you and you're like, well, I'm just a solo creator. I don't have a team. um, I think having those people, that community around you is really, really important. But if it, it also might be that discipline section of you that's saying, okay I need to integrate my ideas. It's time to stop. The brainstorm session. It's time to actually say, These are the ideas I have. How can I put them into motion? And actually, write a written plan and set some goals for that. So, one of the things that's really helped me, Um, I lead a lot of our team. And so, one resource that I think is really great if you are in a leadership role and you're dealing with a lot of creatives is a book called Herding Tigers. That's also, he has a podcast where he kind of details those chapters by Todd Henry. It's literally just about how to manage creatives um, and just learning to be able to empower them rather than um, shame them. Because I think there's just a lot of stereotypes around creatives that they're flaky and flighty and they can't get anything done. Um, and those things aren't true, actually Yeah, well, sometimes they can be, <laughs> um, but it's not the full picture. Yeah. And so really I'm, um, having more of empathy with creatives and understanding and to value them so that they can do their best work as well as helping you. And so it's a great resource. I would definitely check it out.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We talk about the community aspect as well. And um, I have gained so much value out of the communities that I'm a part of, especially the Facebook groups that I'm in. Um, and even Rogue Creators, our Facebook group, that is one that I would direct you to because there are a lot of people that are saying, hey, here's my idea. What do you guys think? I've also thought about these five different designs. Which one should I pursue? And that is, again, that's vitally important if you don't have somebody who is kind of partnered with you and you're walking this together. Um, yeah, so it's it's definitely definitely a vital thing. And I again, I would recommend that book. That book has changed... I mean, our whole process. Right. And has really helped us really, nail, you know, I guess, nail down exactly what we're doing here. So, right.
1: Great. So, another thing to help um, really push yourself as a professional creative is to have disciplined time to be creative. And I feel like that's kind of where we've been going with this whole point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just being a creative does not mean that you just completely kick discipline out the window. Um, actually, if you empower yourself to be a disciplined creative, you will be able to do so much more. Um, and so what we have found from talking to creatives, whether you're a photographer, a graphic designer, you're an author, whatever that me, that is, is that you're taking time to allow yourself to be creative. It's not just, I'm going to be just disciplined. I can only do these things. You allow yourself to have kind of a blank canvas to do what you do best, which is create.
0: Yeah. We, we have uh, just in the church world, I mean, we talk about Sabbath a lot and it's like taking that rest.
1: Right, right. right?
0: And so I think in that sense of being able to say, hey, this is my hour where I don't look at my phone, I am literally just going to sit and think, I'm going to whiteboard, I'm going to kind of brainstorm, I'm going to kind of get some stuff out there. Allowing yourself that time is so important and it's refreshing um, as well as being able to say, hey, th- this is what we're going to do next and and blocking off that time. I mean, we've had uh, different people on the show, I'm trying to think of who in general, but talked about time blocking and time management in this space and being able to be disciplined even in your creative efforts, right? And not feeling bad. I think for me, I feel bad so many times coming in, into a session and being like, "Well, oh, I need to I need to get all this stuff done and not allowing myself that time to sit down and think through ideas and then really dream, you know, before we actually go to implementation.
1: Right. And so if you're working with a creative particularly, um, it's important to have, to communicate the space in what you're doing, um, to say, okay, hey, this is a time for us to, Um, plan out and take one idea and we're going to, here's the timeline and this is what we're going to do. But on the flip side of that, understanding when you're with a creative, that this is, if you're getting invited into that creative space to allow yourself to say, okay, I'm going to be very open-minded and allowed to hear and listen, just a more of an empathetic practice. Um, And rather than criticize and be able to say, well, I can't do that. You, You know, that's too complicated. Just allow them to list all of those ideas and help you know, document that experience for them. Um, Because the next time you go into that integration part of it, you'll be able to have a lot more receptive person as well because they felt heard and valued um, as opposed to you just knocking down their ideas and telling them that they're just complicated.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that is very important. Please make sure we get it all out there because it is very stifling whenever you have a lot of ideas and those are not being heard. So
1: Absolutely. So, you know, we've talked a little bit about a community, um, but a great Discipline, having set a time for yourself just to whatever that looks like to have a creative space, but then also spending um, disciplined time with other creatives um, to bounce off ideas, to learn from them how they're being creative, how they do that as well, is only going to enhance your professional career.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yes. So lastly, we want to talk about how to be the healthiest creative. Um, I think we're all familiar with the kind of broken a stereotype of a creative that's like, they're very um, disconnected with the world. They're scattered, they're messy. You go into their space. It's like almost looking at like a psycho person, right? you know, it's like- I you feel see,
0: very attacked right now. <laughs> no, you see laugh. it
1: in movies when they <laughs> depict an artist.
0: Yeah. And it's yeah. like,
1: oh, and I, I feel like that's not an accurate representation of a lot of creatives. Yeah. And maybe in their mind, a little bit of like all the sticky notes. But I mean, it really isn't a great perspective of what a creative can look and what a healthy creative should look like.
0: Yes. Yeah. No, I agree. But a lot of times people do need, especially myself, if I'm walking in, I want things to be clutter free. If I'm Mm -hmm. actually going into, you know, editing, if I'm doing photos or video or something like that, like I have specific music that I have to put on, like there's a lot of, a lot of those things that have to play out uh, in order to not just have chaos everywhere. But some people do like that. Some people have the chaotic systems that they know exactly where they put things, even though no one else could find that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so our top tips for being a healthy, creative be first would be to take time for mindfulness, whether this is meditation, yoga, journaling, whatever that looks like for you, taking time to really be yourself and allow yourself to be yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't meditate and I should, and I've always wanted to. And there are a lot of great apps out there that would help with that. Yes. Um, I ha- I have quiet time myself in the mornings and different things, but the actual time to like sit and just be yeah. present is very, very important. It's always helped me anytime I have any type of a retreat like that. Uh, I do try that in every quarter to have something where it's like, hey, go sit and just not think about anything and be fully, fully and completely present. That is just, that's, a, that's something I'm working on too, right. but it definitely helps.
1: Yeah. The second would be to get a mentor in your niche field. Um, this is really helpful to have somebody that, especially if you're a solo artist um, to have someone who has the empathy of what it's like to be in your field or industry particularly. I know that you've had a lot of success with that with you used to have a photography podcast mm-hmm. where you could talk to other photographers about you know, just everything photography related.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think especially in the creative world and the art world and photography video, you feel very much alone. You feel like an imposter. You feel like you're not doing it the way everybody else is and that you you are falling behind. At least those are my own personal insecurities. <laughs> And then when I talk, started talking to people on that podcast, they felt the same way. They're like, I didn't really know about the lighting in this. And I'm like, the lighting is phenomenal. Like, I think this is great. And so getting that affirmation from other people who are in that space, especially people who you look up to, is so important to help fuel that creativity. And as well as as the community, man, I, just the amount of of people who are just mean to each other. And then all of a sudden you can get behind the scenes a little bit with them and realize we're all kind of in that same spot. And anytime somebody is being mean, it's from a place of insecurity and uh, or judgmental or whatever that is. Get into those spaces with people. And I mean, I used to not have any creative friends at all. And then I put myself out there and that that is who I have now in my life. And we bounce ideas off of each other and you kind of get to a place of trust and man, it makes all the difference in the world. Whenever you're trying out new things, you're less scared because you know, people are going to be not as judgmental, I guess.
1: Awesome. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so the third would be to take care of yourself. Um, we see a lot of creatives that they have a drive to go for something they're really passionate about. Um, and sometimes it can be difficult to give up everything in pursuit of that. And that's not healthy. Um, and so we really, uh, really pushed for having um, physical, mental, and emotional health um, in all areas. And we really also push like really strong family life here at our company. Um, But really like when your work is your passion, just setting correct boundaries (laughs) to make sure that you can continue to create in a healthy way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That is, it's an ongoing project, obviously. And Being able to actually have that like, hey, we work Monday through Friday, but we have certain nights of the week for myself and my family where Monday nights, we don't do anything. We don't plan anything. That is just whatever pops up. We hang out. We have fun. I don't bring my laptop home on certain days um, just to make sure that I am abiding by those rules, too, because it's very easy. I'm a head down working type of guy, and especially if we're working on a project, I want to get it done. I'm excited about it and I just burn myself out. And then my family feels the weight of that as well. And so right. it's just not in the team too. I push the team a little too hard sometimes because in my own personal ideas of like, we got to get this done. is super exciting and understanding everybody's not as passionate about the project as I might be. And that's okay. So right. it's good actually.
1: Yeah. And I think that's like when you're working within a community is understanding that it's okay that someone doesn't share the same passion as you do. It should fuel and you were able to communicate that. And that's, that's a, skill in its own of learning how to communicate your passion and why it's important to you. Um, but that is okay as long as you have an understanding community that will you know respect those boundaries and everything like that and be willing to say, hey, I respect your passion. We can't do that right this second, but we care about it and we will get to it. Yeah,
0: absolutely. absolutely.
1: <laughs> the last thing, I think this is really hard for a lot of creatives, um, is to learn how to take failure as another step to success. Mm. Tell us about that, Brian. No, it needs to be perfect.
0: <laughs> and everybody agrees it needs to be perfect when we launch it. No, it's the fail fast, iterate often. I've said that several times from our friends at RevUnit down the street. They are. They, I learned that from them who are, they're just constantly like, fail, just fail as many times as you can because that's only going to help you improve your product, improve your customer service, improve whatever you are creating and within your business because you're testing everything. And that is something we push with our clients to test it. Make sure it, like this is not just going to be the end-all be-all thing every single time you launch it. You have to understand that, yeah, you're going to make mistakes as hard as it is.
1: Yes. I love that balanced road of um, taking ownership for our mistakes and understanding why did I make this mistake and then being able to grow from that. But I also love like the Ted Lasso version of being a goldfish and just forget it like and move forward. Like don't dwell so much on it that it takes you, it weighs you down that you can't move on to the next day. Yeah. And so it's a very balanced road. We will make sure we learn from our mistakes, but we also don't want them to hold us back. Yeah.
0: Yeah, man. This was this was a pretty heavy <laughs> and deep, uh, <laughs> deep podcast episode, but I really hope that you enjoyed it and also that it helps you. So if you did, please let us know, leave us a review and on iTunes or join our Facebook group and let us know how, what your ideas that you like in the podcast, because obviously we want to keep discussing things that are helping you as a creative, as a road creator, or someone who works with crazy road creators. Uh, we want to make sure that, uh, that we're providing you enough value for that. So make sure you jump over there and then, uh, subscribe and all the podcast players would love to, uh, like I said, get your feedback. And until next time, we'll see you then. Thanks. You, me, him, you. Him, me, you. It's time for rapid fire. It's time for rapid fire. Are you ready, Lauren,
1: for rapid, rapid I'm fire? I'm so ready. Fire, fire,
0: fire, Go, Jacob, go. All right, question number one. What would the genre of your life's movie be? <laughs> Sad, dark comedy.
1: <laughs> That's accurate. I can see, see that going
0: so, so well. <laughs> Oh man, I'm just gonna leave it at that because yeah. I I could take this thing real deep, but I'm gonna leave it there. So, Lauren, what
1: about you? <laughs> uh, so. I was actually talking to the team about this particular question I know it's supposed to be rapid fire but I had to have a little prep and I oh. appreciate Jacob's foresight to know Lauren is going to struggle with this question <laughs> um, yes so we were talking I, I don't and this may be just my insecure perspective of my life but I don't feel like I have do many talents extraordinary
0: Okay. I feel
1: like I'm pretty much in the middle and I work yeah. really hard at things okay. and so it's like I'm not like one of those people that's just like extremely talented at things so. yeah. yeah. and so so, uh,
0: I'm not agreeing with that. I'm just
1: yeah. You're like yeah. You're pretty mediocre. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This, this is why you're it.
0: not a creative. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yep. Um, so uh, I think the consensus was a coming-of-age story. Oh. Yeah. Just for the ride of my life, apparently. <laughs> Again, so I many can't, layers to I can't to guarantee that. it's going to be exciting.
0: But it will be interesting There you go
1: Apparently Yeah All my jobs apparently
0: That is true You have had A wide
1: range of Are people trying to figure out My accent
0: That is Apparently True too So That's for another podcast Yes it is Alright Question number two It's a situation I need I need you guys To put yourself in this world Close your eyes Imagine You Brian or Lauren Just sold out Madison Square Garden Mmm what are you performing? I got two here. I'll go for it. So, I mean I could be playing with the ninety-six bulls at Madison Square Garden against the Knicks. I just sold it out. There's that. <laughs> I know it's a performing thing. I think uh, currently I could rock some dad jokes. I could be up there just, just rolling through. You know, what's a what's a bear with no teeth? Gummy bear. Give me another one. That was really good. Come on now. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Oh, no. That was my one go-to. <laughs> I got need one spot. more. I think I might have a sound effect ready. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, snap. No, I'm on the spot. I I didn't work through my routine. Go and I, I'll, I'll finish it up. I'll close that with one. Okay. What about you, Lauren?
1: Um, so, again, this is a hard question for me. Um, I'm not much of a performer, yeah. um, so this sounds terrible and awful, but... Yeah. <laughs> In this event, I am very talented at Mario Kart in 64. Oh. So I could just totally yeah. <laughs> show my skills in, in 64.
0: Believe that. We're going to have this company party, by the way. Absolutely. It's going to happen. I love 64 it. In 64. All right. Uh, we'll finish this out here. Um, what is the scariest fruit? The booberry. <laughs>
1: Okay, so I, I
0: meant to hit the I hit the wrong one, and you guys can't hear it, so I need to explain it to you. Oh, I heard it through your headphones. You did? So I can hear it. Yes, yeah. it was so perfect. It was the best accident ever. It was. That was appropriate. All right, now say it. Say it. And we're out. And we're out.
1: Swippin' uh, Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed.